Ready? One second. It's recording. It's recording. Good evening, seasonal greetings, and welcome to episode 18 of Unforced Errors. Two old guys talking about tennis and saying the things the TV commentators don't dare say. In this week's podcast, we talk about our favourite and least favourite tennis commentators. I'm joined by my favourite tennis commentator, Sir David Radina. <laughs> that was a good one, man. So we're going to talk about something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. For our a long time. For a long time, isn't yeah. it? Our favorite commentators and our worst commentators. What makes a good commentator? What annoys you about commentators? Oh, Should commentators be ex-top pros? Should women commentate on men's matches? First question was? What actually makes a good commentator for you? What do you look for in a commentator? I love that question. I <laughs> love it. So for me, a great commentator is a great voice. It has to be an appealing voice, first of all. So if I made really good points, but just spoke like, I think his grip is too far on the left. It would be difficult, okay. definitely. So the sound resonates with emotion. So it's like music. So there are commentators that just the voice is something special. But that's not the only most important thing. A good commentator for me is the one that brings the emotion from a tennis match through their words and maximizes it and then brings extra bits to the conversation. You hear a Portuguese, Jim, you try watching a tennis match on Portuguese TV, my culture, and you, will, you, will, you, will, you will want to kill yourself 15 minutes in. It's the worst <laughs> thing I've... It's horrible. It's like, oh, the ball is out. Eh, and Djokovic is hit the ball out. Okay, next so, point. So would you prefer, say, on Portuguese commentary, they go, okay, you're no good. Let's bring in a Welsh commentator who's very good, a South African. Does it have to be kind of national? Uh, no, specific? it doesn't. Unfortunately, of course, it's the Portuguese TV or it's the Turkish TV or it's the Angolan TV or it's the English TV. It's, of course, the language has to be is the language from that country but that's unfortunately very true, yeah. yes that's the limitation you know i tell you what they should do they should always put the options for different languages so if we don't like our own we will choose because this is a very good point you've made me think now uh -huh. we're spoiled in england in that in terms oh. of we can a lot of people speak english and you're very good okay at, but at we, tennis. same port in portugal i mean portugal uh you know, massive language, isn't it? Brazilian mm. kind of crossover. Mm -hmm. But you are reliant on, you know, you couldn't have someone like who only speaks French commentating on Portuguese that's TV. That's exactly what I'm talking about. someone translating. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. And by far, the best commentators of tennis are from the UK. English speaking. English speaking. Of course, Australians are very good. Okay, My well. favorite commentators are definitely from the UK, but Australians and Americans are very good as well. So although we don't listen to the Germans or to the Polish or to others that might be good, I only know about the Portuguese being terrible and the English being amazing. So there you go. So it's the emotion that they bring into a match that for me does it. 
if I watch a match where the commentators rise the emotion from the match and have a great voice and have a great flow between each other... Chemistry. Chemistry. Very important. Great. What about you? I mean, I'll, I'll throw you another question. Do mm-hmm. you want your commentators, often they work in twos during a match, would you want them both to be hyper and bring the emotion? It's a really emotional match. It's Tissipas versus Verever, and there's a bit of argy-bargy at the net. Do you want both the commentators to be leaping over it, or do you want one to be kind of calm? Do you like the contrast? The contrast is great. You agree, isn't it, as yeah, well? Yeah, I would yeah. definitely agree with that, yeah. I think it's good to have different personalities there, definitely. I mean, things like young and old as mm-hmm. well, I yes. think that's quite interesting exactly. too. So what makes a good commentator for you? I would say uh, insight. I want some insight into that. I don't want to That's just go, good, oh, good he's, he's hit a forehand and yeah. he's down the line. Well, I can see that myself, even if I know nothing about tennis. Mm-hmm. I want something a bit more kind of sophisticated in terms yes. of, if you see, he went to the net there and he changed his grip. Yes. And that's interesting. These even, details, even if we're always not, yeah, learning with them. You know, someone who knows yes. nothing about tennis might go, oh, that's interesting. They're not just hitting it like a, you know, someone in a, in a playground school fight would mm-hmm. just like lamp you with your fist. They're actually, you know, adjusting. I like a bit of prediction. If someone's asked, who do you think is going to win this match? Who's on top? I don't want someone to say, oh, this could go either way. Well, stick your neck on the line occasionally. Give us something to go on. Who do you yes. think is going to win the tournament? Ah, oh, it's wide open. That's easy to say. You're not yes. going to look a fool at the end of the tournament. <laughs> open it up. It's the it. commentator's curse often, you know. They, they'll it say is, something like this bloke's not going to miss. all the time. That bloke is not going to miss a forehand all day. Then the next shot, he misses it. Yes. But okay, at least you, you said something, you know, which will make you look a bit foolish, but you stuck your neck on the line. I like that. Uh, passion. Passion. Hon- honesty. Yes. But above all, what I want with my commentators uh-huh. are a few anecdotes. I want them to say, and I'll get onto this on my top 10 list too, I want them to say, you know, I met this bloke and he just lost the match in the corridor and he didn't seem that bothered at all. And I think that's part of his problem. He just, he's not bothered after he loses a match. I saw him after he lost to Rublev and he said, how are you, how are the kids and stuff? And that was lovely, but I wanted him to be a bit, fuck off, I've just lost a match. Yes. Edit that out. But that is a real anecdote. You've actually, rather than just watch from your armchair, you've met this guy. You, so you like you know them to him. be instructed on what they're doing? Is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah, I mean, this is my next question, which I'll ask you. Do okay. you want your commentators to actually have been players on the circuit and know the players they played against? Like a retired player who said, I played this guy five years ago. It's one of my Got final it. matches. Uh-huh. And he played so well, I thought, I'm going to retire. I can't keep up with these guys. Should they be ex-players? How much should they know about tennis? How good should they have been? Yes, for me, it's not important that they're tennis players. I think that's a bonus. Because if they've been tennis players, they do understand tennis in a different level. And I like that they're ex-tennis players, professionally. And I like also what you said about how they bring insights. I learn a lot by listening to these guys, man. A lot. It's funny, that question, because, Jim, I think I've never watched tennis other than if it's Portuguese TV with lame commentators that never played tennis, probably played in the park against their children. <laughs> I've never watched professional tennis on TV with uh, commentators that were not ex-players. Have you? I don't I know. Think, that I they... think um, there's a kind of formula in that often there'll be a presenter who 
didn't play at top level. It's kind of asking the question like, oh, you know, what he's doing here, I mean, what would you do? What would your strategy be? And they're asking the questions rather than giving the opinions. Yes. Um, You you get a a kind of presenter, and sometimes they're a a great ex-player themselves, Mm -hmm. but often it's almost like they're asking the question on behalf of someone who's wanted it into the match, who's never watched a tennis match before. And there are people who are watching on TV who've never watched, and they go, this is good, but I don't understand. You know, why is this guy suddenly going to the net? So I think there's a place in tennis for someone who is asking questions the man on the street who's never played professional tennis would be. And then there is a place for commentators who were the experts who would go, yeah, I did this in the Wimbledon final and I did it because of this and this is the effect it had. So I think there's room for both. I like that uh, as well because that's the duality we're talking about. Yeah. Two different perspectives, two different people, different from each other and they bring something good. If we were both commentating in the commentary box... Yeah. And both of us had never been in the world's top 100. Yes. And we were on pay TV. <laughs> I, I want at least one of them to have been the top player. Yeah. And the other one is Got more it. like, oh, my God, you know, why suddenly the drop shot there? Mm-hmm, I don't know. Please mm-hmm. tell me. Yes. And the other guy goes, ah, mm, well, I'm is. an expert. I've done this yeah, at the top yeah, level yeah. in the top match. Yeah. This is why. That's a good so mix. Think, yeah. What's next? Should women commentate on men's matches and vice versa? Definitely. So you want the Wimbledon final, you don't mind if Martina Navratilova is commentating on that. For me, as long as it's a good commentator. I really like the connection between Joe Dury. He's just being like that pesky fly that you can't swat away at the moment, isn't he, Kalan? Yes. Yes. And Simon Reid. Federer backs up the break with a love hold. Second serve ace. Or Chris Bredman. (laughs) It is... Absolutely fabulous. When they're together, it's a wonderful journey. And I never even think, oh... It doesn't matter if it's a men's match or or women's match. I couldn't care less. They're very good. As long as it's good commentators, I'm happy. What about you? I think that's a very good point, actually. I would say, though, during, say, if it was a Wimbledon men's final... At least one man. At least. Two women wouldn't make sense. I agree. I want men to be commentating on that. Two men. This is very fussy of me. No, very it's, fussy indeed. It's understandable. But I want, ideally, I want an ex-Wimbledon champion in the commentary oh, box okay. to say that is the feeling. Because <laughs> often they have three people in Where the commentary Sampras? box. Where is Sampras? Sampras should be there. Well, I've, <laughs> I've read his autobiography and I've lived to tell the tale. I'm still having counselling over how boring it was. <laughs> Sometimes the best players do not make the best commentators. No, maybe Andre Agassi. And to, to Sampras's credit, he's never really done commentary. He, I think he realises his limitations. Mm-hmm. I think Agassi might be a very interesting commentator, which will bring me to a, a further question now. <laughs> yes. What ex-top um, tennis players who don't do commentary would you like to see in the commentary box? You mentioned Sampras doesn't do it. And I wouldn't need him there. It wouldn't but be my choice. There must be some, David, who you think, I love this player. He's a great speaker. Who yes. would you like to see in the commentary box who isn't in the commentary box? Definitely Andre Agassi. I'm thinking of... Venus Williams could become a commentator one day. She I could, like her. I mean, she's nice, soft. Yeah, the irony is she often takes the fine rather than does the interview. 
That's true. Nothing's quite cheeky. That's so for true. her to do that for years and years and then to suddenly say, Needle, she wouldn't hey, do it. But pay, hey, pay, uh, pay me for that. Yeah. That's a good one. I like um, that. Serena might be, I think, would be very good. Serena would be at good. At the commentary. Yes. yes, she might have a few left field views, which is always good. <laughs> yes. I had a few names. Let me run them past you. Go. You just make ooh or ah sounds. I'm ready. Goran Ivanizovic. Great. I think uh, he'd be a great commentator. Let's go. Agassi. Let's go. Robin Soderling. You know, that would be fine. Left, left I didn't field. know him very well. I saw him play a lot. He was not one of my favorites, but he looked like a nice guy. Now, this other guy, you sent me a video um, about six months ago of these ex-champions talking at the Grand Slam. And this bloke had a reputation for not saying anything at all when he was a player, being very quiet. When he was a top coach for Andy Murray, very quiet. And then when he had this discussion, he wouldn't <laughs> shut up. He was worse than me. Even he had Lenzo. lots to say, <laughs> lots of interesting things to say. Ivan Lenzel, yes. I would love to see him in the commentary box. He would be great. And he'd be able to give insight into Zverev, who is coached, yes. and Andy Murray. And he'd have lots of anecdotes. And yeah, finally, Andy Roddick, who did try out as a kind of commentator, was very good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh... And then Roger started being Roger again, yada, 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 super. Andy Roddick, oh, now then, we're talking. And then suddenly he's That's nowhere. the guy, that's the guy we need commentating. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but even Lender is a good pick. He actually is really knowledgeable. He understands stuff. So Definitely. And he's kind of like cringy and... He gives an opinion which will just knock yes, the breath out of your lungs. That's and he's exactly not trying it. to be controversial. No, he's just being honest yeah. about the way he sees it. Yeah. I like your picks, even better than mine. What of the current players? Who would you like to see after they retire? Uh, Federer and Kyrgios. Yeah, Federer, yeah, good. Yeah, I think Federer would be fun, because uh, we're always interested in what goes in the, that man's mind. And Kyrgios should be really fun. He could... I had Kyrgios on my list too. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I had Novak there as well. Novak, wow. I, I had, um, bizarrely, Joe Conta, not a player I like, oh, but no. I think she would be quite a good commentator. Maybe, yes. And the Maybe final right. one, we might have to end the program on this. It's so controversial. We might have to delay it because <laughs> there's going to be a fight. <laughs> Andy Murray. Wow. Should we take a break? Wow. Let's take a, let's take a break. <laughs> Do you know something? But wait, but with Andy Murray, you have a problem there because he already has a new job on Amazon. He's the guy that talks about the strategy. He, he does. Yeah, we he can't be a commentator. He can't this be a commentator life, anymore. We disagree, but I think he'd be quite a good commentator. But okay, but listen, I'll say this. I think Murray, outside the tennis court, in terms of personality, I think he would be fun. We could go for a beer with him, and I think that we would have fun. I think he so. looks like a cool guy. He doesn't drink. No. No. Just a cup of tea. Non-alcoholic. A cuppa. Yeah. Yeah, but only on one condition we bring Andy Murray to be a commentator. Oh, okay, right. What's that condition? We remove Tim Hanman. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's been uh, an amazing tournament so far and, and two very deserving finalists. And, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, who can deliver the goods on the day. We'll get on to him. I'm not <laughs> finished with the Tim man. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a comfort break. But the question I ask before I go is, what would improve TV coverage of tennis? What would you like to see different about TV coverage related to commentary and mm. TV coverage? Okay. For me, the first thing that comes to mind, mini cameras on 
players' foreheads. And I could say as well, commentators in the same team. Would that be a bit like getting Messi and Ronaldo in the same team? That would be, that'd be quite something. That would be good. So what would you say about your question? I would back a lot of what you've said. I would say less adverts on the stations which have adverts, There's, which is exactly. a whole kind of different kind of ball game, which uh, I think Mark Petchy or someone like that covered recently mm-hmm. on commentary. He said, why not just have a, the changeover, the break where they sit down in between games at the end of a set? An ex-professional saying that, mm-hmm. you know, you do not need it every two games. No, you don't. Uh, so I think that would be a, a major thing. And you just have more adverts at the end of each set if you have to have adverts. True. Instead True. of, yeah, you mentioned cameras, I would say maybe a camera on the umpire. How does it feel to have Serena Williams like looking up at you? Uh, Especially if you're Portuguese. Like a little toddler in a primary school class. <laughs> yes, exactly. How, how does that feel when they, they get down from their umpire's chair to mm-hmm. check the mark in the French Open? That's great. I like and that. And the final one and the most important one, uh, I think, is often during commentary, I don't know what's going on. They're having an argument with the umpire and the commentators would go, oh, this is bad. He's getting angry. But what's the argument about? And this is where lip readers come in. You sent me a clip the other day from YouTube about arguments. Yes. And it flashed up subtitles explaining what was going was, on. It was so good. And I obviously you don't have the budget to have a lip reader at every match. No. You know, if it's the, if it's the third round of the Luton Open. Yes. You aren't. But in a Wimbledon final, yeah. would that not be an advantage to have a lip reader saying Kilich is crying and he's saying to the umpire, this is embarrassing, I can't carry on. You know, just have someone, a Croatian lip reader, yes. just saying, you know, he's saying to the coach, he shouldn't be saying this. Yes. My ankle hurts. You often don't know what, what the drama is and the commentators don't. And I, would, I think a lip reader would really help things. I like that a lot because this is exactly what we always want to know. When there's drama on court, we want to follow it. The disadvantage would be the players would get round it as they do in football by covering their mouth. They with would their, with their hand. Yes. But I think you would get some of it. You know, you would you would still, you know I think lip readers or microphones that pick up their talking. They can raise the, the volume. Just have a kind of um journalistic court side who can actually hear what mm-hmm. they're saying yes. during the sit downs. Mm-hmm. So I think the commentators are far away. They, they can't They say can't it, so follow everything. But those are my they wishes. could yeah, they could add someone or lip reader or more microphones or all of it. And then Definitely. have more information because sometimes we really don't know what's going on. Yeah. And they take too many breaks um, in tennis, too many toilet breaks. It's and ridiculous. On that, on that note, I need yes. a toilet break yes. myself. Exactly. Welcome back from the toilet, Jim. Hope you had a good time. And uh, It went well. It went well. What can I say? Great. Didn't drown. No? <laughs> it's all good. And okay, go. Um, we're ready for the final stage of the commentators. This is where it gets to the nitty-gritty, dun, dun, our favourite ones. But I think maybe we should start off with a negative first. I'm ready. About our least favourite ones. Definitely. And this is in a rather cowardly manner. We open our post bag. So, yeah, if you want to pass that to me, Iwana. Ding, ding, ding. Why? God, it's heavier than it looks, isn't it? So <laughs> I'm going to draw out at random... Yes. And try and find out what our listeners think here about favourite and least favourite. And the first one out of the hat is from Leon. Uh, oh. Fact, you, you know, we know Leon, don't we? Yes. Very good um, tennis player. 
And he writes to us about his least favourite, um, Leon, very good player. He says that the guy I dislike most is Andrew Castle. But when I found out that the All England Club had pandemic insurance, I mean, who has pandemic <laughs> insurance? His constant arse licking of Murray and all things British, plus he's quite smug. Oh, wow. And you can quote me on that, Leon says. So that's why I'm revealing his name. <laughs> Burned in the so, fire. Done. Andrew, and Leon also, doesn't like um, If you could draw out another name from the hat mm -hmm. there, David. Is that yours now? Uh, if you draw out, sorry about the rustling noise here. It's from James Turner of Brighton. All right. And he says, sorry, I have no idea. Don't know why he wrote in if he has no idea. <laughs> Only personal prejudice. I don't like John Inverdale. I know he's a presenter. Good morning. Today marks the halfway point in the 85th French Open here at Roland Garros. Or Barry Davis. Uh, I'm not 100% sure because I've come back from World Cups to do the second week in Wimbledon. Too, I like the rest pretty much. That's a valid opinion. And thank you, James and Leon, for your views on that. We don't have time to read out any of the others. Sorry about that, but you will get a signed photo of David and I and the Unforced <laughs> Errors pen uh, going to you. So oh, well, I asked Stephen... So what are your favorite commentators? And he yeah, said, yeah. ah, it's boring. I more easily tell you who I don't like. And I found out through him that what he loves is the statistics. And it's the last thing that I find interesting. In that is interesting Funny in itself. Enough. Yes. Mm -hmm. Some statistics, yeah, are they're great. interesting. They're great, yes. But often they're just numbers floating, they're just numbers. In, floating in front of my head. Like... Exactly. And for Stephen, it's the thing that he connects more than the emotion that comes from the commentators. So Stephen could actually watch matches with the sound down. But he likes the commentators. Often, the statistics often they come appear, up on the screen. Yes. And he likes when the commentators talk about those statistics. Yes. So that's the last thing that I need as a, as a tennis he, he, fan. Stephen is a stats man, isn't he? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes, very good player too. <laughs> so, okay, what are your favorites? Now it's your turn. Or I'll start with one if you want, but I think you should go first. You think, right, okay, so I should go first. <laughs> so, here it is, drum roll. Is this your favourites? What about your own favourites? These are my least favourites. Let's, ah, you... Let's get the negative out of the way Got first. Got it, go. So it's a certain type of commentator at number 10, which is kind of the BBC employees. And it's a kind of um, commentator they wheel out once a year, Wimbledon commentator. And they're almost like country vicars. And they haven't played tennis at the top level. And um, they're all, oh, this is a good show. And, you know, like they're commentating on the village fate or something. So Gerald Williams and... You know, he could well be playing in the next Olympics in Seoul and, and perhaps uh, playing John McEnroe in the final. He, he's passed away, unfortunately. But David Mercer... Yeah, they, they certainly have one women's final that stands out. Uh, was uh, Monica Sellers against Justine Ennan. You almost think they get the job because, you know, they were just friends with the producer or whoever. Number nine, Barry Davis. And this is another phenomenon, David. I don't know if you come across this. Yep. Tennis commentators who also commentate on other sports. Oh, yes, I've come so across that. So it's almost that. like a hobby. You know, they'll have another sport they prefer more. And Barry Davis commentates on uh, football. He's been around for years. Commentates on the boat race. And just, oh, you know, I'm free Wimbledon fortnight. That's quite nice. So I'll commentate on this. I want my tennis commentator to be a specialist on tennis. Got it. And I'll come to this later with my number one choice. 
Number eight, Brad Gilbert. It's amazing how quickly we got fed, yeah. and then Nadal, now Djokovic, Murray. It, yeah. it, to me, I've never seen better athleticism in the game, better all-around movement, and the skill set. Who I think was a great tennis coach. Mm -hmm. I remember um, him. Trained up Andre Agassi, gave him some yes. excellent advice. But he does the on-court interviews. And he wears, wears a stupid hat, which is quite annoying. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen that. I just find his questions annoying, and I can see the players being annoyed by his questions. So we get down to number seven, Serena's coach. I would say yes and no. Yes, I'm surprised because who would expect her to go that fast? Who I'm not even going to give a name. He's just Serena's coach. Oh my God. And he's, a, he's another true. stats man who comes up with these he stats. He was on a game shed mats. Yes, doing as a the, kind of hologram. Yes, posting, and I think he coaches quite a lot of players. Yes, he he's does. almost like a cult leader. A lot he's, of these players train he's with him. Everywhere, in man. And I think because maybe because he knows the players so well, he doesn't really give anything away, any secrets away. He just talks in mumbo jumbo. Yes, well, well spotted actually. Um, hmm. I I dislike this bloke so much. I've actually named him at uh, number seven as well, Barry Davis. He's in my <laughs> list twice. I don't know how that had, that happened. Virginia Wade is. I think just what we've been saying about Serena all through the year. It's only really Serena who can beat herself. There, I think at number four, I probably skipped a bit there. She's just not my style of commentator. Great player. She's entitled to her opinion. She's the one who famously said that Djokovic. Nadal final, it's getting boring, these guys. They just slog around. These aren't great matches. Uh, I would say number three, John Lloyd. Well, I think the WTT, I think it's a great training ground. Apart from winning the league, I think it can help your game for the next few weeks and months afterwards. If you Have you come across John Lloyd, yes. David? It doesn't appear so much on our screens now. He was a top 20 player for Great Britain. He's the one who, when Leighton Hewitt won Wimbledon, said this guy can win Wimbledon multiple times we're looking at another Borg seven or eight times always a bad prediction never came to fruition that prediction just you know one of these wooden commentators I feel who just tells you what you've just seen rather than gives any real insight into it yes number two I would say Tim Henman we'll probably talk about him quite a bit what so is I'll his come number? Back number what number two number two top. I number two worst. least favourite exactly it's getting worse well, we'll, we'll <laughs> let's, let's talk about Tim now. I feel awful saying this. I think he's really improved. He's really improved. It, he was so bad. Good point. So let's be positive. He was so bad when he first started. Terrible. Obviously a top player, but you WhatsApp me the other day, didn't you? Say, so look at Tim. He's fiddling with his ring. Yes. He's got this In thing. In front you, of Barbara's you shed. <laughs> you tell me what happens with his ring. If we had a camera, I could impersonate him. But every two or three words... He opens his both hands like he's a, a clamp. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. No, does he? and then he closes them back and two fingers hold the wedding ring. And he does this most often than not when he was in front of Barbara Shedd. Well, we're going to come on to Barbara Shedd lately. And in Tim's defense, I feel terrible for nominating him number two. I wouldn't know what to do with my hands if I was in a room alone with True, Barbara Shedd. But some people are more um, creative she, than others. Had, but. I think part of Tim Henman's problem is that he's got this kind of nervous tick he always does when he's asked a question. He asked a question like, um, Sampras is playing so well this year. Mm -hmm. And his stock response is, yes, absolutely. Yes, that's right. And he does that to every question, every question. he's asked. You know, the next question will be, do you think the grass is quicker this year at Wimbledon? Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's, yes. that's right. 
Do you think David should run around the, the forehand a bit more? Yes, absolutely, that's right. Do you think um, Roger Federer will run off with Stan Wawrinka's wife um, this year? Yes. Yes, absolutely, that's right. And it becomes meaningless because he's agreeing with every Everything. question that he's asked. Mm -hmm. Come up with your own opinion, man. Part of my problem with him too is he just seems to be more interested in golf than tennis. His co-commentators say, you know, what do you think of this? And Tim would go, well, to be frank, I'd rather be on the golf course. And it just makes me feel sad, really, that he, he's not that into tennis. Well, I'm even surprised he's the number two instead of number one. But let's finish on a positive no note with the old <laughs> Tim man. I think maybe he's been misused. I think on Amazon or Eurosport recently, they had a section where he demonstrated with a tennis racket the grip that mm -hmm. uh, one of the players was using. I think I it was the Russian that. bloke. Yes. And he said, he's got such an extreme grip here, which is great for this type of shot. Yeah. But you try it with this. And it was great. He was demonstrating with a tennis racket. He did a good job. So it, it was, and I think he should be used more like that. Yes, absolutely. That's right. Yes, exactly. So my number one is, have you heard of her, David? Claire Balding. And I'm delighted to be joined by two WTA legends, Chrissy Ebert and huh? Martina Navratilova. Claire? Claire Balding. Balding. Now, she is the presenter of Wimbledon. She... Oh, my God. So Claire Balding is basically a presenter, and she took over from John Inverdale at the Wimbledon coverage a few years ago, and she's famous through commentating on horse racing, really. And it brings me back to my previous point. You know, I want some level of interest or expertise in tennis. You know, would John McEnroe commentate on horse racing? No. So would it work the other way around? So that's my problem with her, really. You don't have to be a tennis pro. If you're an expert in one field and you're just like barging in on another one, yeah, she's my number one. I love your um, choices. So I don't have the same list as Jim. Jim is always amazing when it comes to top tens and worst tens. But I'll give my three unfavorites in commentating. You do that. And number three would be, I mean, I don't even have a number three, but I would put number three. Any Portuguese commentator of tennis is the worst in the world. Uh, yeah, Portuguese are terrible. Terrible commentators. So that's my three. The number two is, you know, I've grown a bit to the handman, so I'll put him in number two. Definitely. <laughs> Tim he's, Hammond. He's not even Ollie's favorite. He oh didn't even my win that. God. <laughs> Tim Hammond, there's just something about him, man. But he's getting better. Yeah. yeah. I got to give him that. But he. Uh, okay. And my f number one is the same Claire Baldwin. Oh, she, you know her. She yeah. has something about her that every time there's a tennis show with tennis match going on and she's presenting, it feels like I'm with this strange person that has nothing to do with. Tennis and shouldn't be there. She's annoying at the same time. It's very difficult to watch that woman talk. That's good. We agree. So yeah, we agree. I didn't know if you number if you two were aware. and number three. Where of number that? One. So say if you go on holiday to Portugal, you've got the choice. Portuguese TV. It's a big match. Yes. Your Portuguese champion is playing in the final. I never, never of, uh, follow the Australian Open, yes. and you're in Portugal. Okay. Uh huh. You've got the choice. Amazon Prime, Portuguese TV, Amazon Prime, Eurosport, or BBC. They're all covering. Oh, who, who'd you watch? Eurosport. 
Okay. Oh, yes. The best. They have the Why? best commentators because they have the best commentators. That brings us on to the best commentators. The best commentators. Let's go. So, uh, shall I go first this time? I think so. Yeah. And then uh, you go for your top. I'll, I'll say five. Okay. I have a very hard time to choose my favorite commentators, Jim. I cannot put it into a list of top ten. I can tell you five or six or seven names, and then I'll tell you what I think of them or That's good what for is me. my favorite. Yeah. So Robbie Conin is amazing. Oh, you got to be kidding me! I just love that guy. The way that he expresses. His emotion onto a tennis court is just insane. There's something about him that is very special. And whenever he's commentating, I am very happy. I really like um, Joe Dury. She's really composed. Very... Wow. She's lovely voice. Very, ah, oh my God, knowledgeable. She's so good. Simon Reed and Chris Bradman. I don't know which one I prefer, to be honest. Oh, and those are good. the guys that are at Aerosports, yeah. by the way. These are obscure guys who... Yes, yeah. and their voices are my favorites. They're just... I think they have the best voices in tennis. Those two and the Joe Dury. I love McEnroe. There's something cruel about Rafael Nadal. The way he makes you feel like you have a chance of beating him on clay. <laughs> I love Mets Villander. There's less miss hits, and of course the ball shoots through the course, especially here this year. Oh my God, even Boris Becker was great. I mean, you said the numbers came, and we couldn't emphasize enough the very fact, all the records he's broken. I mean, you're talking about, you know, tough competition. You're talking about everybody is pretty much younger. He was nice to have around. I find that commentators is also like the company that you're having while you're watching a tennis match, and you want a personality that you like. So that's another point to choose the favorites, the personality. Jim Courier was not too bad, but if I was to say the top one, it would be probably be or Chris Bradman. Let's give him his moments in the sun. That's a great choice because it's not obvious. His voice, him and Joe Derry together, it's just a wonderful flow. And Simon Reed as well. So they're very good. I think the, these are more or less the ones that I remember most. But I liked them all. I even like that dude. What was his name? One second. I would not have predicted that. That's, that's really oh, good. Fru McMillan. Not sure you can get warned for coaching your coach. <laughs> I even like that guy. He, he feels really old-fashioned, but he's, he's good. I mean. So, give me your top ten. You mentioned him earlier, Fru McMillan. Great. He is someone he I listened it. to at first and I thought, who is this old fart? Yes. Just seeing out his days, he needs a bit of extra pocket money to feed the ducks. Yeah. And eat hot <laughs> soup at lunchtime. But the more I listened to him, yeah. the more I warmed him. He's 78 years old, uh -huh. a South African player. Old fashioned. Yeah. Very successful doubles player mm -hmm. with someone who's uh, Bob Hewitt, who's a convicted rapist. Oh, my God. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, bit of a shame. He, he found fame with a partner yes. who has been disgraced 
kind of thing. But you listen to him and um, he kind of warms up. He's quite shy at the first. But as the match goes on, he, he gets more uninhibited and they even crack a few awkward jokes. But he offers real insight. He's sincere. Mm-hmm. He's serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's lovely to see someone at 78 still working. Whoever he's paired with, there's a contrast. He's going to be a lot older. He's and I like always that different. I like that. Yes. Number nine, with apologies to our listener, James Turner, a Brighton, John Inverdale, who was a presenter, didn't play tennis at a top level at all, just kind of answered the questions. He got sacked in favour of Claire Balding for comments about Marianne Bartoli, who incidentally, I think, is an excellent commentator herself. But his comments were, you know, did the fact that she wasn't a lady who looks like a supermodel drive her on to be a better tennis player? Yes. It's a valid question. It, it is. And personally, I disagree with John Imberdell. I think she's a very attractive lady. Um, but it's an interesting question, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. David, if you are a good looking guy, if you had women throwing yourself at you on the street, would you have bothered being a good tennis player? Mm-hmm. It's a question he yes. asked. And he got sacked as a result of it. And now he's commentating on rugby. Wow. So, okay, huh. you've made a derogatory remark about a female. So we're just going to make you a commentator for men's rugby. I mean, yes, that's, that's strange. But he was a very good, laid back. I thought he had great questions. Number eight, Jimmy Connors. Well, you know, I've always said over the years that this is the toughest tennis in town. Oh. Uh, I think... He was used... Did I ever hear him commentate? Yes, only briefly though, David, because he was used briefly. Maybe he charged a lot of money, but I think he was a big rival of McEnroe when they were players. I think he makes the points more succinctly, more briefly yes. than McEnroe. Mm-hmm. He'll just say it very briefly. And again, they're not quite what you're expecting. Yeah. You know, do you think Feather is the best, greatest player of all time? Yes. Well, the obvious answer is, yeah, he's got to be one of the greats. But, you know, Connors will give a different answer and explain it and justify mm-hmm. it. And I, didn't think, I wouldn't himself. guess that you put Connors in there. Number seven, Pat Cash, Australian bloke. Well, back in my day, we were naturally down lower. A lot of the courts were quicker. So it was a natural place for us to be is down in this sort of position. And why I love him is coming back to anecdotes. When Goran Ivanisevic won Wimbledon, Pat Cash was in the commentary box and he was the one who pointed out Ivanisevic is serving for Wimbledon. I can barely say this through the emotion of remembering it. <laughs> He's got tears in his eyes. He's serving for Wimbledon and Ivanisevic had tears in his eyes serving for Wimbledon. Yes. And um, Pat Cash, after he won, said, I remember when uh, Ivanisevic lost Wimbledon. He lost his third Wimbledon title in a row. Mm-hmm. And I visited him in the dressing room afterwards. And I remember him being distraught. And I said to him, you'll win Wimbledon one day. And um, I didn't mean it. And even Elizabeth was like, I'm never going to win it. <laughs> and <laughs> that is an anecdote I want to hear. That's a good one as well. I like Pat Cash actually admitting I, like I was lying. I thought he's a great player. I thought, that's it, you you're never going to win it. And even there's a bitch saying, I'll never win it. And he did. Yes. So absolutely lovely. So I can't remember what order. Let's abandon the order. Boris Becker. Very great. Very short, sharp, very quick points. I think the momentum is now with Djokovic. I think he will now win it. Yeah. You know, no pre long kind of preamble. Very, 
saying abrupt, that I, very just simple. A lot, of, a lot of commentators would go. Yes. I think Djokovic has got the upper hand now, mm-hmm. but I think Federer could still win this. Yeah. I'm not going to back it. He said he will just say. I think it swung to Djokovic. I now think he'll win it. And he has a good presence on him. He feels good when Boris is around. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to cheat with my next selection mm-hmm. by choosing two people as one yes. because I think they are a two-headed monster in yes. the nicest possible way. Mm-hmm. Barbara Shett and Mats Volander. Oh, I think they are magnetic. one person. The chemistry between them is just so good. Oh, they are one person. Oh, it's a great end. And they speak so well with each other. And Mats always compliments Barbara's questions so well. He it's... respects them. He won't, well, that's a ridiculous question. or just go, yeah, totally, I agree. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. He will take it a, a stage further. Say something like... Andy Murray, I think he's taking wild cards away from players who deserve to be in the tournament. Yes. I think it's time for him to consider whether I should continue it. Yes. He's a positive bloke. He's got a sense of humour. I think Barbara Shett, a top player herself, a top 10 player. She was, I think she yeah. asked the questions. Very well asked. She respects, she and, listens to And him. I'll say, I'll even go as far as to say that Matt Villandes probably might be the best tennis analyzer, talker, at the end of matches that I've ever seen. It's incredible. And I think like Jim Courier. All right, Roger, so that was an hour and 14 minutes, so I've been instructed by Channel 7 to do an hour-long interview with you here for the crowd. Who is on my list as well. He's as on an my excellent list too. Commentator. I think he's a player who fell, is out, good. who fell out of love with tennis but has rediscovered his love through commentary. And he's commentating they in America. both great players up mm-hmm. there, both so similar players couldn't crack Wimbledon. They lost the love of the game and they've rediscovered it through. And I think Jim Courier is excellent too. A great interviewer on court as well. So good. Barbara Shett. I think there are other great women commentators too. I think Annabelle Croft is very good. Very kind good. Of, there very are others good. too. Martina Navratilova, excellent. Yes. Of course, we wanted to play, uh, we wanted to get equal prize money in the majors. And the beef against that was, well, we only play two out of three, not three out of five. We said, well, we'll play three out of five. Oh, no, no, we don't want you to do that. So I think that's when we said, okay, we're going to do it anyway at our season-ending championship. And so we had uh, maybe 10 years of that, and then they stopped it again. I don't know why they stopped. Which brings me on to Sue Barker as well. Well, during the day, we've heard from so many great uh, champions here. Kind of a top player, French Open champion, presents Wimbledon coverage. Claire Balding's taken over a lot of her coverage, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But she's excellent. <laughs> Which brings me on to my next selection, John McEnroe. Absolutely oh, yes. excellent. He does two weeks' work. <laughs> Sue Barker gets paid 205000 a year. John McEnroe for two weeks' work for the BBC. How much is he paid? 200000 So he gets paid almost as much as Sue Barker. And Sue Barker does a yeah, lot more. got it. He is excellent. Yes. Very spiky. Mm-hmm. He has the rule changes. Which, oh, he's um, awesome. He's the Dennis he Commissioner. He we do, we do that. He copied us. He copied us. But Definitely. he is excellent. I have no problem with him. He's but always he fun. paid too much. That is too much money by the BBC. <clears throat> Agreed. Which brings me to my number one shot. Oh! You mentioned him earlier. He's a South African player. I'll give you a few quotes of his so you can guess guess who he is. He described Jack Sock's forehand, which was going out of control during a mm-hmm. match. He was misfiring as uh, like an unattended garden hose. Not like when a garden hose <laughs> sprays everywhere. And he described up another player's reflexes as like a mongoose on amphetamines. He also <laughs> you did, got to be kidding. He described the Federer shot as the last time we saw one of those, God was a boy. So who am I talking about? Robbie Corning. 
it has to be Robbie Cohn. What a great addition. Oh, Not a top player, God. a top doubles player, but he's, he's got such enthusiasm. Oh. He could commentate on two players playing down the public courts for the first time. <laughs> and incredible. I want to watch that match. Yeah, that is the match yeah. I want to be watching. Yeah. It's great, his enthusiasm. The BBC have started employing him and he makes me remember how much I love tennis oh, because he is that, so that schoolboy uh, watching that, that match. Absolutely and love him. He's poetic. It's almost like the things he's saying is scripted and I don't mind that at all. He uses the language... Language is beautiful and so is tennis. And Robbie Koenig is that marriage of the beauty between language and tennis. And emotion. Emotion, because the guy, I think if, if it's scripted, you don't even notice. I don't care if it's scripted. It's, it's Shakespearean. It's but, lovely. But I'll tell you something. I don't even feel the script. I feel the emotion. He feels tennis in his vocal cords, man. That guy is just unbelievable. It's definitely... Definitely one. And you know who he pairs up really well with? Anyone. That's who he pairs That's up well with. That's very true. But I've been, loving, no I've been loving him and Nick Lexter together. Yeah, we'll talk about Murray in a moment. But of course, when the draw was made, all the attention really was on that bottom quarter of the draw. An incredibly loaded section. He has a really good voice. Uh, very professional. Well, but you said it. Robbie Conning goes well with absolutely everyone. Well, and now we reach the end of our episode. I hope you guys and everybody enjoyed. Jimmy's not here with me because he's stuck at home because of the lockdown. A while back, I invited him to start this show with myself and uh, what a good choice that was. And I take this chance to finish the show, letting everyone know that Jim is an amazing, hardworking commentator on UFE. He always does his homework. He's always ready to talk about everything. He has loads of information. Jim, well done. And if any of you would like to help me encourage Jim to leave his home and come to my house so we can continue recording in the lockdown, please send him all the emails and likes and help me bring him back. Mm -hmm.